What if someone gave you a crystal ball, one that could see 10 years into the future? If you're interested in longevity, you might want to know how America's doing after the last of the baby boomers have crested that magic age of 65. How has the country adapted to an older population? What have we done to reshape the workforce to reflect demographic change? And how have we taken advantage of the wisdom, talents, and energies of our new elders? Luckily, we don't need a crystal ball. All we need is a rather fantastically good telescope, or maybe just a plane ticket to take us across the ocean. This is Century Lives from the Stanford Center on Longevity. I'm your host, Ken Stern. In the final episode of our four-episode bonus series, we return to Europe and to Germany, home of Bach and Beethoven, Gutenberg and Martin Luther. And if the Simpsons are to be believed, and they certainly should be, a nation that takes care of its workers and its workers' stomachs. Well, I wish the candy machine wasn't so picky about taking beat-up dollar bills. Because a lot of workers really like candy. We understand, Homer. After all, we are from the land of chocolate. Mmm, the land of chocolate. Germany is defined as a super-age society meaning that over 20% of its population is 65 and older. Germany sits at 21.2%, a number topped only by Italy and Japan. For the U.S., Germany is a bit like Dorian Gray, a picture of what we will look like in about a decade. Dorian Gray may conjure up a decayed vision of the future, but in fact, Germany is looking rather sharp, having remodeled its work rules and processes to not only accommodate but take advantage of an older labor force. My name is uh, Ulrich Walwe. I'm a labor market researcher in Germany and I'm working for the uh, Federal Employment uh, Institute. And uh, well, I'm an economist. Ulrich is the vice director of the Institute for Employment Research in Nuremberg, as well as a professor at the University of Regensburg. We wanted to find out from him how Germany has adapted its working practices to an older population. Yeah, Germany is definitely a super-aged society. It's one of the countries with a very low fertility rate and a long uh, life expectancy. And the question is, of course, what does this mean um, for the workforce? First of all, if we only look at the demographic development in the past, Germany has lost 300 to 400,000 potential workers each year, which is almost 1% of the workforce. And this development will go on in the foreseeable future. Losing large chunks of your labor force every year is a huge threat to economic stability. But Germany has been able to swim against this demographic tide through a number of developments, including by driving up the participation rate of women. But they also did it by radically changing the role of older workers in the economy. The employment rates of older workers went up significantly in, in recent years. Between 1993 and 2018, the employment to population rate of the group aged 55 to 64 years doubled from 35% to 70%. And even the employment rate of people older than 65 increased over time. The positive development is, is, is mainly due to a higher share of older workers staying in employment. It's a major transformation of the workforce to double the percentage of older workers. 
And the Germans did this both by shifting the culture and social norms around older workers and also by changing the rules of the game. One major change was to Germany's pension system. Workers contribute a percentage of their income, and they typically start receiving payouts at age 65, the compulsory age of retirement. There are some exceptions, of course, but for the most part, this is a hard and fast rule, and if you retire early, you lose a percentage of that pension. But now, to encourage longer careers, the government is gradually scaling up the retirement age by two years. And in 2029, the regular retirement age will be 67 years. And there is, at the moment, there is even a debate how far this should be further increased. And this would, of course, then make a difference. For example, it is discussed to have a retirement age of, of 70 years. And one of the important questions is, as we know that we all uh, get older and, and we have a, this, this longer life uh, expectancy, the question is how many years we have uh, are really uh, uh, years in, in good shape and in, in health. Pension reforms keep people working longer, and they're coupled with labor market reforms that push unemployed workers back into the market. First of all, the level of social protection became uh, less generous, especially for the group of long-term unemployed. And important here is that a lot of older workers uh, are part of the long-term unemployed. And um, evidence shows that these reforms have contributed to a stronger intensity of um, individual search and also a greater willingness of unemployed to accept less attractive jobs. So what you see is, on the one hand, we had this um, pension reforms, which were strengthening uh, uh, work incentive for older workers. And on the other hand, you have this labor market reforms, which will support uh, this policy very much. So there are two uh, institutional changes which have fostered um, the labor force uh, participation rate of, of older workers. Education is another part of this puzzle. Skilled workers are often employed longer, and Germany's built a world-leading apprenticeship system to enhance the skills of its workers. This is key to the German labor system because Germany, rather by intention, has compared to the U.S. far fewer workers who complete four-year degrees. On the one hand, youngsters are, uh, have a, um, an apprenticeship with a certain company, so they are working in a firm. Uh, on the other hand, they have, at least in parts of the week, they are uh, in school. So this means this is this, this kind of dual uh, apprenticeship. And uh, this will last for about three, three and a half years. And then you will have a full occupation. And this is recognized in all parts uh, of the country. Just to give you an estimate, these are 60 to 70 percent of each cohort are part of this apprenticeship. So it's very, very large. And it is uh, relevant for almost all uh, occupations, uh, for example, in, in the manufacturing areas, in crafts, and also in, in, in areas like the health system, social system, and, and everywhere. Because of the apprenticeship program, workers are more likely to remain employed as they age instead of falling into unemployment. And changes have come from employers too. Much like in Finland and Iceland, German companies have retooled their work rules to retain older workers and adapt to their needs. There is a large majority of establishments uh, which cite shorter working hours. 
and and there is another big group which um, offers also more flexible working hours just to employ uh, older workers in few cases a change uh, can also be observed in in job profiles which was also a successful instrument in other uh, cases establishments were were able to keep workers of retirement age by just offering a bonus or a, or a, or a promotion and similar to singapore companies are finding that there is a social well-being component to working longer and and we see a very interesting development in recent years that even workers who have reached the age of retirement would like to remain and the reason um, given for this are in most cases of a social nature so they are arguing well this uh, allows me to to have uh, contacts with colleagues it is uh, the enjoyment of work and also uh, it's a fulfillment of a purpose all these changes have shifted the culture around older workers in germany if we look at certain evidence, we see, do not see that uh, older workers or, 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 so to say, older people, uh, that they see themselves as being disadvantaged because of their age. What is also of importance is also the culture of a company. What we see here is that now firms are changing because they also have in mind that their customers are also older people. And for that reason, it's rather, it's rather not good to have a, this kind of a negative image that you, for example, get rid of your uh, older people because everyone is at, at one point in time will, will be old. The shifting of retirement rules has been critical to retaining older workers in the labor force. But changing the rules of the game was successful only because companies and workers also collectively rethought work processes to accommodate a more age-diverse labor force. To find out how German companies did this, we turned to Hannes Zacher, a professor of work and organizational psychology at Leipzig University. Hannes, are there examples of companies that you look at and say, they really get it? They're able to redesign work to accommodate all workers and be successful with an aging workforce? Yes, one prime example is BMW, which is a large automotive manufacturer, and they have changed uh, the entire site to be more friendly for older workers. So it starts with hiring. When they uh, set up this site, uh, they particularly wanted to hire older workers uh, to have their knowledge and skills. Uh, they've set up uh, intergenerational mentoring teams. They've focused on age-differentiated work design, uh, so avoiding heavy physical labor, um, but also uh, avoiding heavy information processing tasks or unclear signals uh, in the workplace, having larger screens, for example. They're also training their, their supervisors um, uh, to deal with age-related issues and see age-related opportunities as well. And it's all there from um, uh, healthy eating, healthy food in the cafeterias to the actual production sites. So they're a very good example. They use exoskeletons for their employees so they don't have to lift heavy materials. Yeah, I got a glimpse of how, how you can actually work there as a production worker until you're 67. Are, are there other companies that you would point to that are equally successful in terms of accommodating their workers or getting the most out of them? 
Yeah, so we've worked with a, um, an insurance company, the largest insurance company in Germany. It's uh, called the Techniker Krankenkasse. They have a focus on healthy working. Um, so they're not focusing so much on age, uh, which is rather empty variable. They want all of their workers to be healthy and also to have a kind of sustainable workplace. What they explained to me is that they're starting at a young age, uh, teach uh, um, health-related skills to their workforce early on when they when they start in the company, um, start with younger workers who will be the older workers of the future. And they focus on um, healthy, a healthy team climate so that uh, within teams, they're talking a lot about health behaviors, um, uh, they're addressing health issues in the team. People are generating ideas how they can uh, make their workplace healthier. And I think that's a really important uh, mechanism to, to deal with demographic change uh, as well. So, uh, and what we've done is uh, we've looked at the, the, the team health climate in this company and teams that talk more about health-related issue, that, that generate solutions for health problems together, um, they have much higher workability. Um, people retire later. They're motivated to keep working. Um, so I think um, this is really an important mechanism. You're talking about how companies think about health. Are you talking about physical health or is it also mental health as well? Interestingly, it's both. So they take a very comprehensive uh, definition of it. So big focus is placed on social relationships um, and also increasingly um, mental health is important. And uh, that's another important issue in, the, in light of the uh, demographic change. What we're seeing in recent years is steady increase in mental health problems that lead to early retirement. So it's not the back pain anymore. It's not heart-related issues. It's actually uh, depression and anxiety that drive people out of the workplace. So in psychology, we know a lot of uh, things that we can do to prevent depression, burnout from happening. So we need to design better workplaces. We need to give people more autonomy, uh, more variety at work. Um, uh, they need to do important work tasks that mean something to them. They need to have good social support. So all of these things uh, that we've been preaching in work psychology for, for decades are becoming now more important. Has this all affected how Germans think about older workers and more age-diverse workforces? Yeah, I think uh, age stereotypes in Germany are slowly changing. So uh, I think um, this myth that older workers are less productive, have lower performance, it's, it's vanishing. At the same time, what we see more and more is um, stereotypes about generations. So I think... Uh, at least our studies show that uh, there's more negative age stereotypes about younger workers now, uh, the millennials, um, which are stereotyped uh, as less loyal, um, uh, as less reliable, and things like that, whereas uh, stereotypes about older workers' performance or, or learning abilities are not so common anymore. Let's say I'm head of HR for an American company that's just starting to think about the aging of its workforce. What sort of things would you tell me to do to start off? What would you say to me if I said, Professor, what do we do? Very simple thing to start is look at the age distribution in your company um, and think about how this will look in 10, 20 years from now on. So don't look only at the means, uh, also look at the distribution, uh, see where, uh, which age group most people are in, and then uh, see uh, when they're going to retire. And, uh, so get an idea of how old people in your company are. 
Another thing is uh, to also uh, um, think about what age means. Um, a lot of people have, I think, uh, strange ideas about what age is, um, what aging means. A lot of people associate it with decline automatically, um, but also consider all the opportunities that come with age, like increased knowledge, skills, um, and also consider that age can be quite subjective. So um, a colleague of mine always says it matters how old we feel. And, and how old we feel is associated um, with improved well-being if we feel younger. These should be heady days for older workers in the U.S. An historically tight labor market and the rise of flexible work are all positive signals. But the cultural headwinds against older workers are strong, and participation rates among those 55-plus remain far too low. It's a problem today that will only grow in scope and consequence over the next decade. The lesson from Germany is that the challenge can certainly be met, but it will take concerted effort from government and business collectively to harness the talents and knowledge of America's older workers. Over the last four episodes, we traveled the globe to get insights into why other countries suffered the pandemic, but not the great resignation. From Iceland to Singapore, we've encountered work rules and work values that differ markedly from ours. How different, you ask? That answer lies in season two of Century Lives, premiering on Wednesday, May 4th. Through seven episodes, we'll be taking a deep dive into how we think about work and how we can change our work culture to make 50-year careers rewarding, satisfying, and productive. Century Lives is produced by Kerry Thompson, Aaron Slomsky-Pritz, and Cameron Shertavian. Special thanks to Peter Hahn of the Institute of Labor Economics. Music for this episode was provided by Ramtin Arablouei and the Audio Network. Century Lives is a production of the Stanford Center on Longevity, where our mission is to support ideas and research so that century-long lives are healthy and rewarding ones. You can find out more about us at longevity.stanford.edu. Support for the Stanford Center on Longevity comes from the Annenberg Foundation, dedicated to addressing the critical issues of our time through innovation, community, compassion, and communication. Thanks for listening. I'm Ken Stern.